everybody. This is Mel. And this is Jill. And this is Mel and Jill Geek Out. Welcome back, everybody. It is definitely a Mel and Jill after dark. It is right after watching Sister Wives. Sorry, we're not able to get this into you until Thursday, though, because I have a life. I have a job or something. And so I have to go do that. And so I'm not going to be able to edit this on Monday night like I normally would because I have to work. I know. How rude. How are you, Jill? (laughs) I'm good. I'm tired. I'm good. Yeah, it's definitely a melangel after dark. There's no there's still definite opportunity for some ranting through this episode. So we are going to talk about episode nine today. And it definitely finally seems to have shifted in the format slightly. So I'm excited for that. So we open this beautiful episode with Christine heading over to Garrison's house because she's just going to cook for a gaggle of the kids and nice fresh, healthy meal. A bunch of the older kids are coming over, but Truly is actually over at Robin and Cody's house spending some time with them and she's going to do a sleepover with them. And partially Christine says this is because she wants to create a space for these older kids to kind of like air their grievances to kind of get some shit off their chest because she feels like they might need it. Um, And she also mentions that it's been six months since she moved away so we're in some kind of timeline i don't fucking know i it's all over the place i can't tell anymore so christine's in the kitchen and savannah's in there helping her and we see her kind of checking in like the way that i feel like parents check in with their kid of asking these like mildly probing questions clearly savannah's just like yeah christine's my mom it's not a big deal did write a theory in here because there's some back and forth. And my theory is that Chris, that Cody is mad that Christine left because he recognized that she was the emotional hub of the family and she was the glue in all of the family members. And without her, the whole thing falls apart because it did. And so then we go into Savannah and Brianna talking about their relationship and how Savannah really doesn't have a relationship with Brianna, even though they're very close at age, like they're in the same grade at school. So Savannah ta- says that like they don't talk like they see each other in the hallway. They have a like teacher in common and they straight up just don't talk to each other. And then it cuts to Brianna. And I frankly didn't believe a single word that came out of that girl's mouth. The fake crying. It was modeled right after Robin about all of the shit that Robin pulls. It was the exact same thing. I didn't believe a fucking thing. I don't think that that's I I disagree. I do. I really do cuz she looks like Robin. She definitely looked like Robin doing that and I'm very reminiscent, but I don't know. I just don't buy it. They don't seem as because what because it was which one is the older one? Brianna or Aurora? I can never remember. Aurora's the oldest. Okay, cuz Aurora and Gabe seem to run into each other and they're fine. I think mm-hmm. Savannah is a little bit younger and I think also is very introverted. She's a she looks a lot. She reminds me a lot of Janelle. And so I just don't I think she probably doesn't feel as comfortable going up to Brianna and and having those kinds of conversations. And I think Brianna's kind of possibly in a similar situation, not because they said it later in the episode, they were made aware that the other kids were doing Christmas without them or intending to. I think they're just being manipulated. And I think that she doesn't know how to move forward because she can only go what she's been given the information on. I think both girls don't know what to do with the other one. I think they're caught in the middle here. I mean, I can see that point again. Brianna is blaming not having a relationship with Savannah on Cody's inane fucking COVID rules and them not being close together. But that's been Cody's song and dance this whole time because he doesn't get it. He's not listening. And so because that's all that he's conveying to Robin and her kids, that's all that they think that this is about. They don't understand that it's bigger. And the fact that like they even remotely tried to explain it to Robin and she immediately shut down and she made a decision for her adult children that you're not going to participate in this. Fuck you, bitch. 
but you don't get to tell me what to do. I think that this is all a lot like kind of what Gwen said earlier in the season. This was all things that were misunderstood and taken out of context and manipulated. And I don't think it's the kids. I really don't. I think it's the adults in this situation. And I don't, that's why I don't buy that she's being manipulative. I think she really feels that way. I think she was actually upset. And I don't think she knows how to reach out to Savannah. Because Christine clearly didn't know that Savannah and Brianna don't talk and was surprised by it and thought it was really sad. And then Savannah, you know, says that she's actually not all that close to any of the siblings her age. And that includes Robin's kids. Christine asks her about like, hey, you got to spend time with your dad, but truly was there. Was that okay? And Savannah seems pretty chill about it. And I think we've a little bit later find out why. I think that Christine is trying really hard to be a good parent right now. She tells Savannah that she's sorry that it has all been so weird. Savannah then goes on to say that it doesn't really bother her because it's been so long since Cody has been around that she doesn't even notice anymore. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, I can't even imagine doing that to my own kid. I think that people who end up doing that to their kids just they just cannot see the nose past the end of their face i don't know how else you get there so then we get this quick little jump over to mary and she's at the b&b and they're cleaning at the carriage house and jen and her husband are there to help mary brings up this point that it's been it's kind of a newer feeling to her to have a man around to help do and assist with projects because it's been a really long fucking time since Cody's helped her. No way surprised. No. No. Shock and awe. And then they get into this conversation with Sean and Jen and Jen like jokingly asks him like, oh, am I your favorite wife? Mary's like, yeah, you can't ask that question in polygamy. That is it. That is like the number one can of worms to fucking open. And she's like, even in the families where they would answer it, it's probably not a good thing. And both Christine and Janelle kind of reiterate that same thing of like having a favorite is a big problem in polygamy me and Janelle is like you know the whole purpose is that the man is supposed to grow beyond his selfish needs and provide adequate connection and support and relationship to all of the wives. And then we get fucking Cody. This man needs to just tumble down a high mountain with no helmet on. Go away. He is like, well, if you have one wife who's more loyal to you, then that would be why she's your favorite. And I'm like, oh, so you mean Robin? It's because he's using it as an excuse. Okay, we've all accepted that the likelihood that someone is going to have a favorite wife is there. I think everyone acknowledges the fact that there's there's going to be no changing the fact that Robin is Cody's wife. What I think that they would have been happy with is exactly what Christine said. At some point, I think it was in the preview, maybe, where she was like, if you just said, like, listen, I found the love of my life. Like, let's figure out how this works for everybody. Do I think that Christine would have actually taken that very well? Probably not. She probably would have left. Then she wouldn't have wasted another, like, who the fuck knows how many years of her life. I don't think that they would be in the position that they're in. There there wouldn't be this division in the family. Cody's allergic to being honest about shit, though. So fucking Cody. We come back to Jeanette. And, you know, after Cody makes this whole loyalty statement and Janelle's like, most men fail. Pause. Obviously, I think she's making a very clear point that the particular smug she is referencing is the one she's technically married to. Yeah. And then I just have a note. I'm not entirely sure what this is a reference to of, oh, my God, Cody is a shit father to 90 percent of his children. I think they made, I think it was Robin who made a comment about how up until COVID, he had a good relationship or no, even through COVID, they had a good relationship until Christine left. And I don't buy that. She's in Delulu land. We get this moment with Christine explaining why she moved to Utah. It's not just because she wanted to be there, but because she thought it would actually help Truly and Cody's relationship because she could kind of push pause on when it is in a good moment. And it is an unconventional thought process, but I a little bit get it because Truly now has something she can point to when Cody isn't there for her. It's because I live in 
a different state than my dad lives in. It's because I don't get to come to Flagstaff that often. It's based on my mom's schedule, not when it's good for my dad. Like when he doesn't show up for truly because it's going to happen. It already has happened. Truly has something concrete that isn't innately within herself to blame. I get where you're coming from. I get where Christine's coming from. I I don't think you can prevent all of that just by being able to like have something to pinpoint it to. No, she's trying. Yeah. Yeah. And Cody, of course, has to have his little response and he disagrees and laughs and says it's it's ridiculous. But I'm like, you also don't make any attempts to actually spend time with with truly that we can see. Yeah, that seems hard for the course though unfortunately like if it's not insanely easy for him and where he literally just has to show up walk through the door i it seems like he doesn't put much effort it's all he puts all the onus on his wives which isn't working in this situation so then we go back to janelle and she asks gabriel and savannah and garrison if they've seen or heard from cody in a while and they say no and then gabriel says he remembers that cody said that he only cares about his minor children or something like that he did say that not good did he say that to them he said it in on television yeah so he didn't have to say it to their face for them to see that he fucking said that okay yes he said that but he didn't i don't think he phrased it i could be wrong here i don't really remember and i'm very tired that he doesn't care about the older kids it's just that the younger ones need him and i think someone nailed it on the head like when your kids are little they give a shit about your opinion janelle goes on to explain that and then i think that that's part of the problem is that they don't value his opinion as much as he wants them to as they get older. And I think that that's a big part of the problem. But I don't know. Because Cody says that he reached out to them later. I don't believe it. I would buy maybe once or twice. Maybe it's not the times that he said it was. I do buy that maybe he did once or twice. But if they didn't reach back out, then Cody's washed his hands. He was like, well, I did it. They didn't follow the roads. I don't think he did it at all, honestly. I want to see the phone records. I mean, I hope. I hope you're wrong. I don't know if you are, but I hope you are. I hope I'm wrong, too, because I don't think that any of those kids deserve that. But do I think that little of Cody right now? Sure do. Because based on like what Janelle said after this statement from Gabriel, I have my own theory that... Cody prefers his minor children, not just because like they value his opinion. They give him more attention. He gets to be their little hero. And when they get older and start to question things or, you know, become their own person, he can't handle it. He doesn't know how to have that kind of a relationship. He only knows how to be in this like hero worship pedestal phase with his children and he can't transition to anything else. And I wrote, he's frankly a shit parent. If you cannot evolve your relationship with your children, you are not doing a very good job of being a parent. Okay. I don't know if that necessarily, listen, I don't like what Cody is doing. And I think that he is not being a good husband, not being a good co-parent, not being a good parent currently. But I will say that, like, I don't necessarily think that someone's inability to evolve forward makes them a shit parent completely because he's not a completely shit parent like he does it's he, it's like he gets to a certain point with them and he stops and that's not entirely uncommon for men either unfortunately but it's terrible like not, we need I, to hold men to a higher standard than I'm that not, because it's bullshit i'm not saying don't high i'm not saying don't hold them to a higher standard but i also don't think that them not being able to do that successfully because let's be honest because he has done zero self-introspection here maybe one day some like someone will get through to him one of his kids will and he'll be able to see that like oh i need to actually move forward but it's not it's not uncommon for men it's not uncommon for that age group if i'm being perfectly honest with you either i I get that like it's not an easy transition you've had teenagers who've become adults i get it i get that it is not an easy thing to navigate but you still try you still put that effort in and then look at your relationships with those children now or adults but because you tried he's not even trying i understand that i get all of that (laughs) but the man clearly 
literally can only handle one life transition at a time. And he can't even handle that one well. But he's had adult children long before Christine left him. I understand that. Long before. They didn't have a bad relationship before. This is a more... It might have been surface level, but it wasn't bad. Honestly, I don't think a lot of them really felt that way until the last few years. I really don't. Like, did they love the way that they did, that he did everything with Robin? Do they think Robin was the favorite? Sure. I don't think that all of them were this angry with him that they're willing to go speak out on national television saying you're fucking up. None of them were like that. Not until recently, not until very recent. So I just like, I don't, I'm not saying that he couldn't be better. He absolutely could. He should be doing better, especially with his not yet adult children. But this is such, it's such a common thing that a lot of parents don't ever get right. I'm not, it's not an excuse and he should be held to a higher standard. But if he wants to have some kind of relationship with his kids, he's either going to have to miraculously change, which I don't see happening, where the kids are going to have to kind of swallow a little bit of some stuff. Uh, So then this is when Robin comes in and essentially blames COVID and Christine for Cody not having good relationships with some of his older children. So this is when we get the the moment where Cody says that he has attempted to reach out for to Gabriel and Garrison. And I don't believe him. I think he did a version I'll say I'll say that. I believe he did a version okay, he of probably reaching out. Sent them like a Facebook yeah. message, something they don't hey. fucking check. Just a hey, like a <laughs> yeah. You, hey, like when you when you're dating, you up, <laughs> like you yeah. Just a random like I'm gonna test the waters out here. He probably te- like messaged them on like WhatsApp or something they don't have. He was like, yeah. "Be my be real with me," like something like they don't engage with. Um. So then Gwen gets there. Christine asks. What exactly happened that was like the catalyst for all of this to kind of combust? They bring up the infamous group text for the sibling secret Santa from back in the pre-Christmas episode. We get a lot more details on it. So the gift exchange isn't a new situation. They've been doing it for like 20 years. So this is a new, this is a normal tradition that has happened every year for a long time. Was that something that was ever in contention? Because like, I, I feel like maybe longtime viewers would know that this has been a tradition forever or something because I'm like, why does everybody keep saying that? Like, I think it's just to clarify for like okay. the people who aren't a longtime watchers. Gotcha. Aspen initiated the conversation. I'm like, hey guys, it's time for us to like get this figured out. Let's figure out how we're going to do like the name swaps and things like that. And then Robin chimes in and she wanted to do the gift exchange via Zoom. And the reasoning is because Ariella is forgetting her siblings. And I'm going to take a giant pause in this telling of the story and tell a personal story. So my husband, John, was in the military and he deployed and I went to spend some holiday. I don't remember which one with his older brother, sister-in-law and his niece and nephew. They were under five years old at this time, like very young children. And I remember we were playing with them out front, having a great time. And his nephew came up to me and he asked me, where's John? This is coming from like a four-year-old. And so like I try, I'm like, oh, well, you know, Uncle John is on his ship. He'll be back in a few months. You know, he'll bring you, you know, fun presents from all the places he's going, like explaining deployment to a four-year-old level. But he's a four-year-old, mind you, John was deployed right around when he was born. This kid has not had a ton of time with John. And he still knew who John was because my brother and sister-in-law spent the time they had a pic like a family picture of everyone and they would point out who was who every day and explain who everyone is because it mattered to them for them to know who their family members were even if we can't spend time together all the time why the fuck is robin not doing this with ariella and solomon i know that they have a 17 gajillion more people in their family than we do but like why the fuck is this not an option it doesn't occur to them that's why i can tell you that because i've had like i agree with you a hundred percent 
Like we've been in situations like we're former military spouses who've had deployments. I've had deployments with children. I have friends who've had deployments with children. Like you, you can definitely incorporate people who are not physically in your life in ways with your children that makes them feel connected as much as they possibly can. It typically requires effort on both parts. It's minimum the like one side can like you said pictures go over pictures and this person is this person and this person is this person that's easy but i will say this i i've had family members and friends who are not in the military and did not have that concept and it is a difficult thing for them to grasp being physically away from somebody else and continuing a relationship like that. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way at all. I had like a cousin's wife reach out to me one time because they were moving away from their local family. And it was only like, I don't know, nine hours away, which sounds, which is a lot, I'm sure for some people. I'm like, that's doable. That's a drivable distance. You're lucky because you don't have to buy, you know, five plane tickets when you need to go home. It is a foreign concept for people. To you and I, that is a hurdle that we are more easily able to jump. I think that that's part of it because it is just a very, very, very foreign concept to some people. Hence the rant about this whole Ariella situation. Gwen then explains why everyone wasn't super into this Zoom exchange version because they didn't feel like it was going to be as personal. So then they start coming up with ideas of like what they could do. But because they didn't do what Robin wanted, she kind of takes everything the wrong way. And Robin is actually the one who brings up this whole past trauma thing. It wasn't that like hurt feelings got unveiled. She fucking brought it up. That is like kind of what derailed the conversation. And then Gwen comes in and outright says, where is the trauma coming from? Because dad prefers them. That was sad. So when we flip to Robin's side of the story and she says she wasn't supported in integrating the families and while it got better, COVID somehow made them all outcasts again. And I'm like, it's because the perception, whether it's correct or not, is that Cody is only spending time with them, the logical deduction is that these rules are Robins. I can see how these kids got to that point. Yeah. It's because he's only spending time with you. It's not that you, they don't, none of them are blaming her or her children for Cody's actions. A little bit with the COVID rules, but they've all backed off from that. They absolutely have. I think if they were, I don't think any of them actually like very much dislike Robin. I think that if they felt like they, they, and and their mothers were being treated fairly, that it would be fine. Because even Peyton has said before, my dad found his soulmate. Like, I can't really fault him for that. And I get it. But that's a really hard position to be in in a a polygamous relationship. If you're not equitable with your time and your commitment, I guess. And you're refusing to take responsibility for your own actions. That too. So then... (laughs) That is when we get to the point where Aurora and Brianna say that they had been told that there were negative things being said about them and that the other siblings had initially planned to exclude them. This is the only time we hear of any of that occurring. It doesn't sound to me like there was any plans to exclude them at all. From what has been displayed on the television show. From what every sibling who has spoke out about that stupid text message has said, no one was being excluded. Not one of them thinks that Robin's kids aren't their siblings. No one. Not one of them has said that. So I just don't, I just don't buy it. This is, it's bullshit. Yeah, I wrote all a manipulation to continue to be a victim because if she and her kids are victims, then Cody will continue to fight everyone else in the family on her behalf. Yes, but like why? Who the fuck knows? Sometimes the motivation is dumb. She's already the favorite. Like she's already the fit. Like I, I hate to put it this way, but she's already won. She already won. Like mm-hmm. you're you're the favorite. You're the only wife now. You're you say your kids aren't 
are getting kicked off on Brown Island. Y'all have kicked everybody else off. I'm very confused as to what the end goal is here. By maintaining this stance that Robin has, where the kids are, they're all being excluded. It's like, you've already excluded yourself. Now what? I don't understand. I don't know. So then apparently Robin sends a message to Logan and to McKelty to pass along to the others that she's not going to talk to them anymore. And then I wrote, damn, how are there so many adults yet so many shit parents? Because you should never make your children into fucking messengers. Absolutely not. Be a fucking adult. Such a child. I'm so sorry grow the fuck up you want to cut off contact with your grown children you tell them grow a pair yeah seriously christine then says that a line was draw that drawn that day and i i think she's right that I could have to not agree. be more clear that could not be more clear because like this definitely seems to be it's so interesting that like some the thing that is usually the thing that like explodes a situation is usually so minor but it's like this pinprick to an overfilled balloon mm-hmm. and it just pops yeah the literal straw that broke the camel back it's like it's always something dumb where you're just like yeah. Ooh, you're just done yeah. So then we get this moment with Cody. I like I would be fine, TLC, if you just never if there were episodes that did not have Cody. I just don't need to hear from him. Like, I'm good. He has literally nothing new to say. So he then is like more offended that the kids said the COVID rules were Robins than any like any of the other things that have been said. That is the thing he fucking picks out to fucking talk about. And I'm like, that has nothing to do with anything other than the fact that he cannot stop. Dan to have people think that someone other than him made a overarching decision about the family. It has to have come from him. It couldn't have possibly come from Robin. She's not in charge. He is patriarchy. I, Where's my horse? Uh, there, yeah, it could be that. I I took it more that like he was offended that they're pinning yet another thing on Robin. But I could also see where you're coming from there. I don't know. They're not pinning it on Robin. Robin did it. Robin caused the issues in the group chat. I know. You can't pin something on someone if they are guilty of doing it. I know, but he doesn't see it that way. It's not my fault. He's blind. (laughs) Take the blinders off, my dude. Yeah. Take some cataract surgery. I don't care what the fuck you need, but pay attention to what is going on directly in front of you. I don't think it's going to happen with him. Well, he's going to have a lot of people on the internet yelling at him then. I genuinely, I watch his talking head interviews and I'm not entirely sure that he was even talking about the episodes sometimes with the shit that they put in there. Because I'm like, it just it just seems like all the same stuff, you know? And so maybe it's like, do you think <laughs> part of me wants to think that he just talked for an hour and then they just used the little clips of that random in random places because a lot of it just doesn't even seem to apply. I don't know where it came from. It's just how Cody talks because typically like when you do these interviews, they'll have the episodes cut, like what they're going to put into each episode and they show you the scene they want you to react to. And then they ask you like questions so that you can sound like natural. So he's seeing these scenes. He's seeing it play directly in front of his own eyeballs. Just doesn't seem and like that's it. Just, but that's but that's the problem is that he's that fucking delusional right now. That that is his fucking honest reaction to this shit. He just it just seems so far off. He needs to take a long fall off of a short cliff. It's fine. Garrison says that Robin has used COVID to keep Cody exclusively to herself and cast herself and her children as the victims that the other kids and wives are at fault for. It's not a bad theory, Garrison. It's not a bad theory. I'll give you that. You had some good good points there. Uh, He also goes on to say that that's why all of them have just stopped communicating with Robin is to just not give her any more ammo to continue to cast herself in that role. And I'm like, it is kind of turning around and giving her ammo by doing that. Like, I I get where they're coming from. They're trying not to. But but to her, that's not. That's not how she's taking it. And that's not how Cody's taking it either. He Cody would prefer them to pretend like 
none of this ever happened and that Robin is one of their favorite moms. That's what Cody wants. But they can't pretend that. Yeah. They can't do that. They can't. I really hated this next moment where Cody calls his own children, his flesh and blood jerks, and that he doesn't want to talk to, call them or talk to them. He's like, this is why. This is why. And I'm like, fuck you, Cody. Yeah. Fuck you. Because they're not willing to engage in the bullshit with you. This is why you call them jerks and you don't want to talk to them. They're your children. They're your children. Nobody's saying that you're not allowed to be upset with your kids. And I'm like, a jerk to me is like a minimal insult. It's not nice, but at least he's not saying other things. And I do think he's allowed to be upset with them. I think he's wrong, wrong, but he's allowed to be upset with them. But he needs to pick up the fucking phone and he just won't do it. Garrison has... I think pretty obviously turned his emotions off when it comes to Robin and Cody. Gwen has that moment that we saw in the previews where she's like, it's still kind of hurt. So she's definitely has some feelings about it. And you can, Gabriel's not saying anything, but you can see the pain in his eyes. Mm-hmm. And they don't really give us much of a shot of Savannah. So like, I don't really know what her reaction was, but then, you know, Gabriel or excuse me, Garrison has this line where he's like, you know, we're pretty much done. We're grown. We don't need a dad anymore. Yes, you do. I'm sorry, hon. Yes. You, yeah. You, you still need your dad. I still talk to my dad like almost every day. About random stupid crap. I don't need his advice as much anymore. But I really like who my dad is. My dad's a cool guy. Uh, you're right. And Christine was right. Everybody needs their dad. I mean, or or the closest thing that they can get to one. A fatherly uh, figure. Yeah. And I, I agree. That, that made me sad that he felt that way. That should. Yeah. I feel like it, Cody sees that i doubt he watches the episodes i wish if he did he saw that and would take it to heart and be like oh man like i really i really need to listen to this but i didn't it won't no i think he's gonna see that and be like fine i'm not gonna be there anymore then yeah because he's the worst i'm sorry everyone if you can hear my cat he um is fine i just closed the door so he couldn't come in and rub his face on my microphone he's yelling very loudly so (laughs) just in case he's yelling at my door and then he's like scratching at it because he might be a 10 pound cat but he thinks he's a 60 pound dog okay i think i just heard a little bit of it in the background that's funny sorry <laughs> Sorry, guys. That's Pico de Gato. Sorry. We come back from the quote commercial break and we get this moment with Christine where she starts a sentence with, I'm sorry. And you can kind of see her process. Like, why do we all start sentences with, I'm sorry, because it's a natural human reaction. And she takes the moment to clarify that she's not apologizing for Cody's actions and his behavior, but she does wish that her kids, and by her kids, I mean like all of them, had it easier. And I can, I feel that from her. Doesn't everybody wish that for their kids? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I mean, if you are even remotely close to a decent parent, you're hoping that your kids can live an easier life. Maybe not Cody. Fuck him. They have a really good laugh about not needing a dad because they have both Janelle and Christine (laughs) and having two moms and making all these jokes about it. And I thought that was really funny because like they they do have both Christine and Janelle. Like they really do have a great support system, even without Cody. And then Christine brings up that Cody accused her of being a bully to her other sister wives aka robin so then they of course cut to cody denying it even though it's on camera from last season of him saying pretty much exactly those words he he does i like i remember him calling her that but i he tried to say that it was all that it was mary and janelle which to be fair if i remember re-watching haven't rewatched the episodes but i remember early on like they didn't all get along and Christine wasn't always the easiest person to get along with. I I don't know. I don't, I think it's unfair to expect four women who, let's be honest, kind of came together randomly. It's not like they're all friends. Just because you all decided to marry the same guy doesn't mean they're all going to be besties. So I don't think that there's really a problem with the fact that like, their relationships have ebbed and flowed over the years. They've gotten closer with some and less close with others and back and forth. Yeah, I, I hear you. You know, I think about like 
even my own like legitimate friendships. There's times when I'm talking to somebody every single day and then there's periods of time when it's been a few weeks or even months Mm -hmm. since I've talked to them. And I feel like those are all it's tough because I I wish I had the bandwidth to talk to all of my friends every single day and check in on them and make sure they're okay. But like, it's just not how it goes. But I try to be the friend that always responds if you reach out to me and I try to reach out when I have time. I just I live a busy life. I have lots of things happening. So it's it's tough sometimes. I think it's an unrealistic expectation to have these four women be best friends when they've come together in such random, yeah. you know, selection. But also, like, for it to be good all the time. Like, they talk about how Christine and Mary were really close for a while. And then, obviously, Christine and Janelle get really close. And, you know, it it, it just kind of ebbs and flows. And I think you always have that, like, even within, like, regular family. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm closer to my brother. And sometimes I'm closer to my mom or, you know, whomever it may be. Just whoever you're driving with at the moment. But I don't think that that makes Christine a bully. I mean, maybe she was. I don't behind the thing. Everything I've heard, the only bully was Mary. Yeah. That, I mean, and they talk about that like in their book. Yeah. It's not like secret. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's unrealistic that he expects them to get along all the time. And I also find it unrealistic that like people expect perfection from their partners and they just life isn't that way. It's really not. It's really not. I wrote a, again, another really fun note of whatever, Cody, go work on those, quote, washboard abs you have. While he listens to classical music, which was, listen, I have only recently, like in the past year, started working out on a regular basis. And for a long time, I listened to music just because like, that's what everybody did. And then I started listening to my books purely because of a time thing so that I can get, get through more of them. I don't know about classical music. That's that's what I'm not sure I can get my brain around. I felt like books was pushing it. But then again, every once in a while, like during spicy scenes in my brain, I'm like, oh my God, don't show it on your face what you're listening to. So I'm just like pushing through. So maybe, I don't know. So for me, I, I'm a big audiobook person. You know this. So yeah. I will like, if I'm doing like treadmill workout, I would probably like do audiobook or maybe a podcast. Yes. If I'm lifting... I typically will switch to something with like a hard RPM, like essentially carbon copy the beat structure for Lose Yourself by Eminem into an entire playlist. And that is what I'm listening to when I'm lifting. Like I want that like high RPM, high yeah. beats per minute exactly. moment. I think that's what everybody most, does. Yes. Yeah. Most classical music does not qualify for. But I feel like everybody kind of likes that. But maybe I don't. Yeah, I, I don't think I am unique by any means. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is that he's so fucking weird because like I consider myself weird for listening to books. So I can only imagine how everybody else thinks for him listening to fucking classical music. It literally has nothing to do with it actually like being the type of music you need to like help set a rhythm or to like mark your like you listen to music a lot of times like because when you're lifting in sets like you need to count and take breaks for a certain amount of time and like take breaths at a certain pacing he's not doing any of that that's not what he's listening to the classical music for he's doing it because he thinks it makes him look more intellectual than he actually is that's fair although i'm gonna very much throw myself under the bus here. I do not listen to music for that reason when I am working out. Not even a little bit. That's fine. I very much, it's an energy thing for me. That is also acceptable. I have to focus on other things for if I'm like breathing, that is so difficult. I could not match it to (laughs) the beat of something. No way. Your ADHD is showing. Oh God. I, cause I ended up, I end up holding my breath is the problem. I have to remind myself to breathe. Gwen and Garrison say that they miss their siblings, mostly like Dayton and Aurora. They do want to try to mend those relationships, but Garrison isn't super hopeful as long as Robin is involved. And I kind of understand why, cause she's a little manipulative. I'm a thousand percent with him on that. But I do appreciate this moment of like maturity and self-realization from Garrison where he admits that he is 
does not have the emotional maturity to have a face-to-face conversation with Robin about what's going on. I appreciate that, especially from such a young place to yeah, from such a young guy. That's a that's a big thing to admit. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And then Gwen adds in that she would be concerned that Robin would try to manipulate them and start crying, and then. Robin responds by pretty much doing exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> Are we surprised? No, no. This woman is so predictable. It's insane. Cody is like, well, this is just how divorce is. And divorce is civil war. And I'm just like, oh. I've never been divorced, but I don't think what you're describing is accurate. I have been. So I'm going to take the I'm going to take the stand here. This is why second. I didn't take more notes. I was like, I literally put like in my like phone. I was like, Jill needs to fill in on this one. (laughs) There are definitely a couple ways to look at divorce. And that is certainly one of them. That's a choice. I think to take it's the easier option. In my opinion, when you're like dealing with divorce and separation and stuff like that, you want to go the civil war route. That's definitely the easier option. It's the default. It's dangerous to think that way. In my opinion, Because you are, you're setting your, like, he's talking about his family. Like, I understand that he's not Christine, like, he and Christine aren't together anymore. And that's different. He's going to have to work through that. But, like, he's talking about his family and his children. And that was a very distinct word choice, in my opinion, on his part. It doesn't have to be. Divorce doesn't have to be a civil war. You can get along. You don't have to be. Just because you're getting along and you're not at war doesn't mean that you shouldn't get divorced. It means that you're adult enough and grown up enough to move past your shit to recognize, hey, we don't belong together anymore. That doesn't mean we have to tear each other apart in the process of separating. And I don't think Cody understands that. And to some extent, I'm not entirely sure Christine does either because I've I've commented before she does like to dig at Cody's behavior and past behavior. And we didn't see a lot of what's gone on behind the scenes. I don't see Janelle going that route at all. She's just, Mm -mm. she's too logical, I want to say. I was going to say calculated, but like not in a bad way. Yeah. She's very intentional. Thank, yes. Okay. That's, I like that word better. Intentional. Like I said, you can definitely look at it that way for sure as a civil war, but you're going to have a lot of casualties if you do that. And I think that that's coming to fruition for him and He is living with the consequences of his actions at the moment. He's living with his karma. We're going to get to that statement here in a second. I wrote 100% of the problems your children are having with you have nothing to do with Christine leaving because they don't. And then God, can I hit him with a steam train, please? Yeah. (laughs) I have a lot of ways I want to murder Cody Brown. So this is where... Cody is like, I, he thinks that Christine giving these kids a place to talk about this and feel safe about expressing their emotions is going to uh, bring bad karma to her. And the only one with shit karma is you, my dude, because it's not. She's doing the thing that a parent is supposed to do. She's not like you can watch her interactions. She's not engaging in what they're saying. She's listening and then sometimes like apologizing that they're having to that they feel this way she's not like being like oh yeah he's a shit person with them yes at least what we have seen we can only judge this based on what tlc chooses to put into the television show yeah cody's fucking up you know we see this moment where christine is kind of struggling and she's like i you know coming to flagstaff you know the best part of it is i get to see janelle and i get to see the kids the hardest part is she's dragged back into all of this drama and I wouldn't want to fucking deal with it either, but she doesn't have enough. She doesn't have a choice. And then we get this scene with McKelty and it's really short. There's like nothing to it other than like we get a couple of shots of Avalon and they mention that Tony and Robin are buddies and that's kind of it. So I don't have anything new to say other than what I said last week. Uh, with the whole comment about how like he loves that McKelty is warm to him and Robin. 
I think mm-hmm. that that was just honestly the only kids who were willing to film with him and Robin who weren't physically her children. Probably. It was a way to even it out because everybody's filming with Christine and Janelle. Yeah. I'm okay not seeing Robin or Cody. TLC. I'm okay not seeing either of them. This means if you want to create a buddy Janelle and Christine show, we will all be on board for like at least two seasons. Yeah. At least. But there won't be any drama. So like, we'll it'll peter out because we won't have any bullshit to talk about. Then we get Christine and Janelle and some of Christine's friends going out to dinner to celebrate Christine's ex-anniversary. She talks about how she celebrates two dates in the dissolution of her marriage with Cody. The day she kicked him out, which she has deemed her divorce date because they weren't legally married, so they didn't get a legal divorce. And their wedding anniversary, which she now calls her ex-anniversary. And I kind of identify with this with Robert, or excuse me, with Christine, because I also do shit like this. Because like I, because military, John and I actually have two different wedding dates. We have like our legal ceremony and then we have like our actual ceremony. Not throwing this in the same category. Nah, I don't. We celebrate <laughs> both of those, but we don't celebrate Valentine's Day. No, okay. I so, get it. Uh, okay. No, I disagree. Uh, I, there's, okay. a, there's an actual reason why you guys celebrate things that way. You also are not like insanely extravagant people. It's not like you're finding excuses to have Valentine's Day level shit all the time. No. This is another one of those things I didn't love about Christine. You could not love it. I think it's kind of weird. I think it's also like her first anniversary since like she's actually like moved out. I can see if that's the maybe that's the case. It felt like it was like an annual thing. Not that I'm aware of, because it. she talks about how like her her last anniversary when she was with Cody, Cody was asking her like, hey, okay. can we post a picture together? And she's like, no, this is her first one since they've like, quote, divorced. OK, I find it less icky then. <laughs> OK. Listen, I can understand having like a divorce party or mm-hmm. what have you, kind of like a bachelorette thing, like, hey, I've made this decision. I want to do this, whatever. I can see that. I'm not sure I would call it celebrating an ex anniversary. It was a weird, I don't know. I didn't like it. I really didn't. I, I also wouldn't celebrate the day that I had kicked somebody out either. I don't think it's that she celebrates it, but that's the date in her head that she uses as their divorce date because it's not like she has like a legal decree. That's fair. I'm not, I don't have a problem with that. Again, still not a date I'd celebrate. I didn't celebrate that. No. And I think, I think she's taking this more from that divorce party, wreck the dress kind of perspective of like, I'm free from my marriage that made me so unhappy. There's lots of people who do those, but it's usually a one and done kind of thing. So I don't think that she has like, I don't think this has been like a lot. Those, Those are just the two important dates in regards to her marriage with Cody, sort of the beginning and end of it that she still knows. And this year she went to dinner with her friends and next year she'll have David. So yeah, you probably won't see any of this. Right. Exactly. I'm just, I would theoretically hope in the future, like I don't see her throwing like an ex and ex anniversary date thing again. I, I don't know. Once thing is fine. I don't like, I'm not like, I don't know. I think it depends on who you are and the conditions of the divorce and things like that. Like if it's very amiable, like obviously you don't, but if it's very contentious, I can see wanting to celebrate having that shit be taking, like finally being over with. Yes. I can see that. Oh, I'm not saying that at all, but like, would you, but even if it was like super contentious, would you have it every year? Would you celebrate it? No, I'd have it once. Exactly. It's a one and done type deal. I'm After you said it, it makes me feel like this might be more of a one and done. I don't know. Initially, the way it read to me, I was like, this doesn't feel like one and done. 
Yeah, I hear that. I, I don't think it. I, I think she like maybe was leaving it open in case she wanted to do dinner with friends every year on this date. Because, yeah, that's a way better way to remember this date that could be really sad. You know, you think about yeah. your, your wedding anniversary after you've been divorced. It could be a really sad thing to think about. And like instead you go out with your friends every year, like but you don't make like a huge deal of it. Exactly. That, exa- that's exactly my thought. And I'm like, I can understand going and like trying to maybe avoid that like going you know what I mean that thought Mm -hmm. process and be like I'll go to dinner with my girlfriends instead like yeah absolutely but like when it felt like a celebration I guess I don't know I've learned recently that I'm very much a semantics person so I don't like the way that people say things sometimes because I don't feel like it matches with what their intent is. And I feel like this is one of those things with the way Christine described it was I, there are two, she was like, there's the two dates that I celebrate. And that's what bothers me, I guess, is the way that she phrased it. Yeah, I'm going to take her phrasing with a grain of salt, though, because she also like almost in the same breath is talking about how like she would recommend divorce to people. Like if you're already thinking about divorce, just do it because you're already miserable on the other side of divorce she has felt a lot of joy. And she's speaking very much from like personal experience. She has gone through this process and already grieved this relationship and all of those kinds of things and has come out the other side and is feeling so much lighter, so much happier. And you can see that in her body language and her emotional spirit, all that kind of stuff. That's not necessarily the case for everyone. Okay, so I'm going to also get behind this advice. If you are safely able to do so, I'll say that rip the cord. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Like I, if you've given everything that you can and you're just like, I don't know what else to do. And, and you feel like that's the right choice, do it. And I don't mean that. I, like, I, it's not because I want people to get divorced. I just think that life's too short to be unhappy. And life is way too short for your kids to see you unhappy. Your kids would much rather see you in a healthy relationship with a person that makes you happy than the shell of the human that you'll eventually turn into if you don't. And I'm not saying that because like every marriage, one person is the villain and one person's the angel. Like sometimes it just doesn't fucking work. Everyone deserves to be happy. And that like genuine, I mean that sometimes it just doesn't work. Nobody did anything wrong. It just stopped functioning Sometimes it's better to just take that apart and say like, okay, we're going to separate and we're going to do it this way moving forward. It doesn't have to be nasty. Like I said earlier, it doesn't have to be that way. Then we get this moment where Christine phone goes off and it is a classical song. I was like, I bet that's fucking Cody. And it was. (laughs) I didn't realize it was a classical song. Like I just heard the phone go off and then she was like, her face was very much like horrified that it was actually Cody. I was like, oh shit, it must have actually been him. He's like, oh, well, I heard she was in town, so I wanted to see Truly. And I'm like, sure you did. I buy that. No, I think he probably knew that she was going to dinner with these friends and he wanted to be an ass and interrupt. Think so? Yeah. Or it was their anniversary and he was calling to see if he could potentially woo her back somehow. But let's all. I don't trust Cody's motivations as far as I could throw him. Six packs and abs and, you know, buff pecs and all. I'm never going to let it go. I'm never going to let it go because it doesn't exist. And no, I don't want you to try to show me because I already know it doesn't exist. I wasn't going to show you anything. No, I don't want Cody to show oh, me. Oh, I was like, I don't have what you're talking about. I'm talking I'm talking to Cody. Should he ever <laughs> listen to our podcast? I don't, don't ever take your clothes off. Sleep fully clothed. Change in a windowless room and don't turn the lights on. Literally no one wants to see it. Shower with the clothes on. Shower in a bathing suit. In a, in a rash guard shirt. No one, wa- no one wants to see it. No, no one. You, those uh Speedo swim trunks you have that are definitely not like the Speedo, throw it in the garbage. You are not a French model on the Riviera. The ba- Knock it off. The banana hammock. Fuck no. <laughs> you are not a 
billionaire who has you know, hours every day to do, to work with his personal trainer and has a, you know, personal chef who cooks all of his food for him. So he has, you know, the body of an Adonis. That is not you. It's okay that it's not you. Human bodies come in all shapes and sizes and they're all beautiful and interesting in their own ways. That is not you. No one wants to see your body. Please don't ever show anyone. (laughs) I I mean, to be fair, like for a guy in his what, like, 50s or 60s? I don't fucking know. He's not that I'm the worst old. person to... I am the worst person to ask. Because okay. he is. He has like a gajillion children who I, are like in their tw- like late 20s. Okay, I would say... Do I need to ask the Google machine? Yes, because I think you're so... He's not in his 60s. Early 50s. 54. I was right. I openly admit to being the absolute worst person to ask about That's this fair. stuff because I don't know anyone's age. That's fair. Never ask me. I'm just I could never be the person at the state fair who could guess people's ages. I'm not that person. Oh, I'm not that person either. I just, a 60 seemed too much. I could see 50, 60 seemed too much. Can I just also say that his headshot on Google is when he was still straightening his hair and it is bad. Who picks that? Google. Then we get this like moment where Christine's friends are being just nosy because that's what girlfriends do. Like... I do this to my friends. Like, I'm like, tell me all your deep, dark secrets so mm-hmm. I can help you with them. Thank yeah. you. Because- um, but they do this to Janelle and Janelle's like, I'm not telling you guys shit. No. Mm, I don't know you. No. <laughs> it did make me laugh, though, oh, of her like it, yeah. immediate aversion to these women asking her questions. I like how she's like, oh, and there's how many on the what? Bitch, you absolutely know. I love how they were pretending to be ignorant. <laughs> it's a little funny to me. I don't know why they didn't just like roll with it. It, it was entertaining. That was like the most entertaining conversation that happened. So then we get fucking Cody, who's like, I'm not mad she's left. I'm just mad that she trash talks me to my children. I'm like, no, she fucking doesn't. We've seen it over and over and over again. She does not say negative things to her children about him that they don't bring up first. I wouldn't say she's like a thousand percent innocent and not saying anything, but nothing like Cody. And it's never Cody's way worse. Yeah, it's never like where she's initiating the conversation. It's typically a comment on something that the kids have said. It's not a full out like attack on his character. It's it's a response is usually what I have seen. Cody, on the other hand, is very different. Cody is a shithead. No one's perfect. Don't get me wrong, but she's not doing this thing that Cody keeps accusing her of. He's fucking delusional. So then we get the last moment of this episode and it is Christine talking about how it's really hard to be this vulnerable, but it's okay because it's real. And I do appreciate and I I would always say this. I very much appreciate how vulnerable Christine and Janelle and Mary have all been. I don't really see that same level of vulnerability from Cody or Robin. I see a lot of vulnerability from the children, but I do appreciate that because that is ultimately what makes good TV and gets them all of these crazy people like you and I talking about them all the time and getting them the insane ratings I'm sure that they're getting this season. Yeah. So then we don't get just like an up next in the episode. We get a coming up on this season, the rest of this season of Sister Wives. Which so is, that means we are probably at the halfway point. Yeah, which that is also 18 episodes. Really fucking annoying because that bit about Mary and that mm-hmm. whole goddamn scene with Robin and her crying about how she wanted to be on her porch with her sister wives, what you want to bet that that shit's the last episode. I don't want to make that bet because I know I will lose because I'm very, very confident that it is, in fact, the very last episode. But they did the same thing with the knife and the kidneys fight well, last season. Yeah, so very annoying. Like you've, I've seen it 50 times now. You might as well just show me the scene. Just show it to me. So we get a couple of big points. We see Janelle and Christine driving in a car talking about... Just 
Janelle and Cody's relationship. And we kind of get this vacillation where in the car scene, Janelle's like, I don't think I don't consider myself married to Cody anymore. But then they're in some house and Janelle is like, well, if he gives me the things that I want out of the relationship, I would stay with him. We all know he's not going to. She's just not entirely there yet. Then we get Mary spending so much more time at the B&B and it, you know, has transformed sort of into her safe place, which I will give Cody one iota of credit here. He did call that. He did. He did call that. I just want to say I didn't give a shit about what Janelle had to say in this preview. I only gave a shit about this bit after I saw it. Like, this was the only important part, in my opinion. So the Cody visits Janelle's new apartment and realizes that he's not welcome there. Oh, shit. No. Mm-mm. I thought you were mm-hmm. talking about something else. And then Mary. Wait, 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 wait. Did I miss? Before we go on okay, to Mary, okay. because that's the bit. Because I did think this to myself, but I forgot about it. The bit about how he walked in and he thought he was no longer welcome. I'm sorry. When did you think you were? The last time you were in her house, y'all told each other to fuck off. Like, what? There's this concept I'd like to to provide to you. It's called Delululand. And he lives there. He is he's the mayor, president, czar, <laughs> supreme leader of Delulu land. It also looks like a different apartment than the one she's in. The cabinets look. Yeah, she's she mentions that she moved into a, like a little bit bigger apartment. Okay. But it's not for him. Not for him. Okay, and now we can move on. To- and the final bullet point. Mary is going to finally, finally stand up to herself and Robin is going to cry for real. Good. Good. And also the fact that Mary, like I I don't remember exactly what she said, but it was something to the other effect of like, it's not fair to me to spend this time, this much time alone. Yes. And she's not wrong. And she's, but the fact that she's saying it to them, or at least that's what it looks like from the editing. I hope that that's what we're seeing because it's true because I think she's, what did she say? Like that very last line. What was it? Did, did you write it? She down? said that like, I didn't write down, but I remember it because okay. I have a cool brain like that. She's like, it's not fair to me to be spending this much time alone. Yeah. And then her last little bit is he is not worth it. Yeah. There was something about like, she said shit though. Like the literal last thing I think that they said before they cut out the black. It's not worth it. It was the not worth it. It's the last thing before it cuts to black. Yeah. I swear it was like something. There's more of like Robin crying, but like, who cares? That was the end of our episode. Any final thoughts before we sign off? Yeah. I cannot wait to see Mary leave his ass because it looks like she kind of confronts him and Robin is basically like begging her to leave. And Cody's kind of like, meh, bye. Don't care. I can't wait to see that. I really can't because I hope Mary like just reads him for filth. Can I read him for filth? Oh (laughs) my God. (laughs) I think you would do a better job. I think you may arguably be a lot scarier than all of them in this moment. I can be scary. I am very scary. You can be. I had somebody... But, like, I've never, like, we've had this conversation before. I've never been on the receiving end of, like, angry Melissa. I don't think she's ever been on the receiving end of angry Jill. No, no. I've ne- never had any reason to be mad at you. Exactly. I will say that I have been told on other occasions that I am, quote, terrified. <laughs> And it was someone I was being very nice to. So I'm like, how am I this scary? I'm being nice. This is me being nice to you. You're going to have to tell me of this offline because I need to know who you are talking about. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I've been told that as well. And not in nice ways. I know you have a vicious, vicious <laughs> tongue on you if you need to. Very true. I try really, really hard not to do that. When I like, I don't do it nearly as often as I used to. I've gotten control of my temper for the most part, but there are definitely some hot buttons. It's not like I'm a psycho or anything. Like, I'm just going to throw that out there. There are very specific things that make me happy. No one thinks you're a psycho, Jill. I think my only final thought from this episode is um, I really dislike Cody. He doesn't get any better. And like, I don't want I don't want him on my TV screen. He annoys me. A lot. I do. Do you think 
that they'll still have? Did this still be on this on the show next season? I don't know. I really don't. We're not even to real time yet. So who the we're fuck getting, knows? Yeah, but we're getting a lot closer. Yeah, I don't think they're going to take the show off the air until Chris, they get Christine marrying David. Because they need that happy ending. Do you mean this season? Or do you think like... Oh, I think we're going to get another season and it's going to be the love story of Christine and David. I think like so. She may meet him at like the end of this season. But I think season 19 is Christine and David falling in love and getting married. I don't they'll keep that on Sister Wives. I wouldn't be surprised if they gave her her own spinoff show for that. No, you close out Sister Wives with that and then you have, you know, the newlyweds of, you know, the Nick and Jessica newlyweds show with David and Christine. But see, that's why... Of, like, their next chapter. That's why this is, like, you could do a whole VPR Beverly Hills Housewives transition here. You could wrap it up. You could end the series with this season, theoretically. Because you could, and we all, we already know everybody's fucking left but Robin. So we all already Mm -hmm. know this. You could wrap the season with all of the wives and like being gone. And then that immediately transitions into Christine. We pick up with Christine. Wives leave. Christine is the pickup and where she starts meeting David and then the dating. And then it just, it's a seamless transition. You don't even have to go back to them because Janelle's there. She's along yeah. for the ride. It just leaves yeah, out Yeah, but Mary. you can't call the show Sister Wives anymore. Well, I, I know. I'm not saying it would be. wouldn't be. It's not Sister Wives anymore. There aren't Sister Wives yeah. anymore. I'm telling you. Yeah, I don't think Mary cares about being on TV. No, I don't think so either. So. I'm just I'm just giving TLC some free advice here. Like, so when <laughs> when you guys do this and it's like a nice little bow, I expect a paycheck. Thank Jill. Yeah. Thanks for the paycheck. <laughs> Jokes. I'm, I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just throwing shit out there. We're both tired. It is literally midnight. So oh, it's time for us to go to the Betty Buys. Um, so thank you everyone for listening. If you want to check out what we have coming up next, uh, P.S. it's going to be Akamath after this. We're going we're gonna to do a three-part series just covering A Court of Mist and Fury. Woo-hoo-hoo. I'm so excited. You can definitely go check us out on Instagram at Mel and Jill Geek Out. If you have a suggestion of what we can geek out about next, be sure to shoot us an email over Jill and Mel Geek Out at gmail.com. As always, Thank you so much for listening. We so appreciate all of you. Again, my name is Melissa. I'm Jill. And this has been Mel and Jill Geek Out. Night, guys. Bye.